I would want to change anything. I think the best yeah. advice I would give myself is to is to be kinder to myself. I think that's the biggest thing. Hey everyone, it's me again, Jay Christ, and welcome to the episode 37 of the Design Life Show. In this week episode, I sit down with Buddy. Buddy is the founder and director of All Things Wonderful at Dilate Digital, a full-service digital marketing agency that specializes in results-based digital marketing strategies. Since the company was founded in 2014, it has experienced rapid growth expanding from a solo operator to 30-plus employees in three years. In this episode, we talk about his design life stories from ground up, how he was able to jump ship from different job opportunities to start his own company, how he was able to build his full-service digital marketing agency in just three years, a high-level view of work-life balance and living a meaningful and creative life, his process and some productivity hacks that you can implement by yourself to get shit done, and much much more so make sure you stick around until the end and it's really uh, valuable i think it's one of the very great episodes in tdls so i hope you will enjoy this episode as much as i do and for those who are listening or for those who are really find this podcast valuable if you want to support the show you can go to the design that's the design and you can know more about this crazy mission so if you want to support one way to support the show is to share this episode if you love this episode and you find this valuable you can share it to your family colleagues co-worker or for those who you might think that can benefit in this episode right so I think that's one of the best thing that you can do all as well. If you love, if you're not a subscriber yet, subscribe now. And uh, the podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, or in any of your favorite favorite podcast app. All right, so I think we can go now on this episode. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to The Design Life Show, a podcast that's helping everyone grow to live a meaningful and creative life. It's me, Jake Rice, a designer from the Philippines, best known for being an advocate of essentialism and optimism. I'm sitting down with awesome people to talk about their journey, their process, and the lessons they've learned along the way. Hey everyone, it's me again, Jay Christ, and welcome to the, another episode of TDLS, the Design Life Show. That's the title of the show, and I'm super pumped today because I'm here with my buddy, uh, my friend from from Australia. So I really, uh, I think one of the gorgeous guests that I have <laughs> that I ever had in this, <laughs> the uh, the the most handsome guy that I have in this show. So without further ado. <laughs> Hey, buddy, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, Jay. I don't know about handsome, but uh, I'm very <laughs> pleased to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think I think it's an honor for me to have you on the show. So for those who are listening, can you give a little bit about your background and just to give context on this episode? Yeah, not a problem. So uh, my name's Bodhi Chaladka. I'm 35 years old. I live in sunny Perth, Western Australia, and I'm the owner and founder of Dialate Digital 
We're a full service digital marketing agency. And yeah, in the space of, I started in 2012 and in the space of, I think 2014, I hired my first staff member and in a very short window of time between 2014 and 2018, I've grown it to 50 staff worldwide, 15 of which are full-time staff based out of my Perth office. So yeah, that's, that's who I am from a professional level. Wow, that's. Uh, I think uh, it's really you. You've grown so. Uh, your growth is tremendously. So, I, I just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to touch the. You know, before you uh, become the successful business owner, uh, to help businesses and specifically to from Australia. Can you share a little bit about that? I think. Yeah, of course, of course. So. I'm a, I consider myself an old 35. And what I mean by that is um, I wasn't very good in school. Yeah. So um, when I was in school, uh, I was there for more of the social than the actual academic. And I ended up getting very, very poor grades in, in the last year I did, which was yeah, I actually dropped out of school in year 10. So um, I didn't do year 11, didn't do year 12, didn't do any university studies. I, um, I left school and I went into a, a trade. So um, I'm actually an electrician by trade. And I worked as an electrician for about four years. And, um, and then I got my certificate to say you're a qualified electrician. And, um, and I was working for a period of time. And um, you talk about aha moments. There was a time when I was, I was working under a leading hand and he told me to work on a, a switchboard. Um, which is an electrical outlet, but a big yes. one. And it was about 440, 440 volts of power in this switchboard. And wow. um, I did all the right. I tagged out, I locked out, I um, went through all the correct procedures, but the board he told me to work on was the wrong board. So the board that I was supposed <laughs> to work on was on the back side. So long story short, I uh, put my screwdriver into a 440 volt switch room and I got blown two and a half meters across the room Wow. And uh, was lying on my back with the end of my screwdriver gone, and my hair was all spiked up. Not really, but <laughs> but I was I was the experience uh, was a bit scary. Um, and shortly after that, I quit being an electrician. I thought maybe I don't have the attention span for it, and I ended up going into electrical design. Mm-hmm. So I started putting my time into designing the electrical schematics for. Um, the mindset that I was working on because I, my, my thought process was I didn't want to waste the investment of time and I thought that if I, if I did that um, and, uh, and, I, you know, and even if I made a mistake, I'm not going to die. You know what I mean? So if you make a mistake when you're, des- when you, you know, when you, when you're designing something, it's not life critical so, as opposed to being on the tools. So if you want to talk about my first instance into design, I think that would be it. I was working on a program called MicroStation and um, it was almost like an AutoCAD and you were drawing lines on a screen and, and those lines were representing the electrical wiring of um, switchboards and PLC diagrams and conveyor because it was an industrial, it was a mine site. Yeah. So it was a lot of industrial electrical. Um, and I was doing that for a period of time. And, um, and then I still didn't really feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like I was really enjoying it all too much. So I, um, long story short, I, um, I had a, a leading hand at the time. He was a, um, he was a, like a, an older gentleman and he said to me, he said, um, 
Bodie, my daughter uh, thinks you're really funny because she's she's yeah. uh, this, um, and what I would like you to, I think, why don't you go and try um, audition for a TV show here in Australia? So I um, auditioned for a, a television show here in Australia called Big Brother. I'm not sure if you have it in the Philippines. Have you ever heard yeah, of that we show? Yeah, we have it. Yeah. Pinoy Big, yeah. uh, we call it Pinoy Big Brother here in the Philippines. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, in Australia, we, we have the same. And wow. my boss actually said, I'd like, he gave me the permission to take the day off to go and try out because he, he obviously gave me a paid day off work. Yes. So I went and tried out. And, um, and um, I, uh, yeah, the process was really long. It took about five different um, auditions. Mm-hmm. And every day off he gave me and he supported me and he said, you know, if you want to go and do this and then come back, I'll leave your office set up. So I had a very supportive boss at the time. And long story short, I flew to the Gold Coast, went in on that show. It didn't last very long, about four weeks. My, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, long story short, came out of that experience, went straight back to work. So I, I flew back to Perth and put my head down and uh, started to work. And then my boss came back around and he said to me, he said, I saw a different side of you in that experience yeah. and I'm going yeah. to leave your desk set up for another 12 months. And if you'd like to go and try and craft a different, I guess, future for yourself, I'm going to be here as a backstop for you, which is Trevor Greenley was his name. Um, and he was a lovely gentleman and, I took the opportunity because how often uh, can you get a, a chance to do something with a backstop to fall back on if you fall flat on your face? So long story short, I shortly after packed a backpack and I moved to Melbourne. Um, I'm not sure if you know the geographical relationship between Perth and Melbourne, but they're like the furthest tips away from one another. So we're in the West Coast, that's in the East Coast. So I packed a bag and went to Melbourne and... Um, yeah, I wasn't really mm-hmm. doing much. Um, I was just kind of enjoying the time off and experiencing different things. And I ended up going to a few different like uh, boutique bars. Um, and there was one that I remember going to on a Saturday night. And I hope I'm not going on too long here. But if I if I do, just pull me back into line. But it's okay. um, the, 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 the bar that I went to was set in the Baroque period. It had like marble top tables and candelabras and chandeliers and it was beautiful it was absolutely i've never seen anything like it and they played this really great music and the crowd was really friendly and nice i remember going there on the saturday night and i had one of the best nights ever i was still pretty young at the time i was only sort of um 20 i think 20 i would have been 24 i think at the time and um so i went in i went in enjoyed this club and then i went back the following week on the friday and I went there and the, they closed the doors on this venue at um, like nine o'clock. And I couldn't get that because I went on the Saturday and it was great. But apparently they had a really good night Saturday, really terrible night Friday. So what I did is I put together a fake little website wow. and um, yes. put some videos on there and organized a meeting with the owner of the venue. And I had two girls that I knew. They were dancers, promotional dancers. And I said to, I told them to come along and we fronted up there with this website and videos that the girls had given me all their videos and we stitched them together to make a promo video. Mm -hmm. So used after effects and uh, final card and a few other things. And Mm -hmm. we completely faked it. 
Like we just faked it. It was it's <laughs> terrible to say that now, but I did. I did sometimes. No, well, that's you amazing. You gotta fake you gotta fake it till you make it. And I went in yeah. there and I said to the guy, I said, You've got an amazing night on Saturday night, but your Friday night stinks and it shuts at nine. He says, I know. And mm-hmm. I said, Well, how about you give it to me? And I'll take it from nine o'clock. And what I make through the door, I'll keep. And what you make with people spending and drinking and eating over the bar, you keep. And he said, why not? And he gave me a shot. Yeah. So long story yeah. short, I had no idea how to run a, how to not run a bar, but how to promote and market yeah. a bar. Mm-hmm. So that was really my first taste of marketing. So mm-hmm. I had to like make it up as I go. And um, I had a, I knew a few people by that time. And I'd, I'd met um, a little guy, his name was Sammy. And he was a, he was a, a dwarf, like a little, um, a little person. Mm-hmm. And um, so I got him to come with me and I walked up and down Chapel Street with uh, a bag full of CDs that I got made. So we got these yes. CDs made by a DJ. I think his name was Andy Murphy at the time and they had invites in the front and back. Mm-hmm. So I had this little person, a stack of CD invites and I was going down Chapel Street, this busy shopping district where I know that there were lots of young men and women working and I personally invited each and every person. And, uh, and although that's not very sophisticated marketing, it mm. worked. And the opening night, we had a line down the street and around the corner. Um, wow. And off of the back of that, that company, which I called Secret Society, later brought on another business partner, Nick Davidson, who I'm still friends with today. But we <laughs> built that first company, Secret Society, to about 60, we had about 60 promoters working for us on a subcontracting basis. And we ended up running four of um, quite successful nightclubs through um through a four-year window in melbourne yeah um and and yeah i enjoyed that i probably drank too much and stayed up too late and (laughs) did all the wrong things you should a young person um but that was an incredible i guess fun period of my life and um when it all got too much um i I happened to meet my wife uh she was Mm -hmm. she was working for me at the time and um a funny story but i won't go too much into it but i i basically um mm-hmm. she never let, let lets me let it down because when she was working for me in order for me to pursue her i had to actually fire her so she doesn't <laughs> like that so that yeah. part of the story yeah. i had to fire her and anyway we we met yeah. and obviously fell in love yes. and um, i i thought that that lifestyle wasn't congruent with um i guess uh, having a healthy relationship and all the things that I wanted for the next chapter of my life. Mm-hmm. So um, I took a job. I actually uh, got a saw a piece of paper in uh, in the newspaper, and it said um, marketing manager for four resorts, a boutique brewery, and an a new eco facility, an eco lodge in, and it was in Broome. <laughs> You have to look after yeah. this call to, to understand where Broome is. But I went from Perth, which is, if Australia's like this, Perth's yeah. here, mm-hmm. Melbourne's here, and Broome's right up here. So I uh, literally went it's, to Melbourne. It's, it's worked, uh. Yeah, worked for four years down here. And then when, when I met Jody, I said to Jody, mm-hmm. I'm going for an interview for a job in Broome. And I said to her, we'd only been dating three months. And I said, if I get this job, Mm-hmm. will you come with me? And she laughed and she said, yeah, I'll come with you. Ha ha. Because she didn't genuinely believe that I'd get the job. 
because <laughs> I didn't really have, I did, I, once again, I didn't really have any marketing experience at that yeah. point. I, um, I'd always just kind of, I guess, sort of just slipped into different <laughs> roles and, and, uh, yeah. And anyway, just so doing it, right? I went up there, yeah, doing and learning as I go self-taught. Yes. Um, and anyway, so I went up for the job and two weeks later, mm-hmm. um, I called Jody and I said, I've got the job. You better get packing. And uh, so she had to, she had all her friends and family in Melbourne and she ended up sticking to her word. And we moved after three months up to Broome. So we lived in Melbourne for four years. I lived in Melbourne for four years. Then I met her. And then after three months, we moved up to Broome um, in the Northwest. And that was very exciting. That was where I got to really learn marketing. I worked for a really supportive family business and they owned, um, they owned four, uh, three, yeah, so four accommodation properties. So Mm -hmm. it was like, uh, yeah, all different types. So one in Broome, one in Halls Creek, one in Kununurra. And um, a very successful national beer brand. Uh, us Aussies, we we love our beer. I don't know if you can see the video, but I'm having one right now. Yeah. But um, so cool. <laughs> working for a brewery was um, was a dream job because mm-hmm. not good for your health as well. But uh, it was probably less than I was drinking when I was in Melbourne. So anyway, I moved up to Broome, and uh, and I remember the owners who gave me the job shortly after I started that job. They flew me out to a place called the Berkeley River um, was well, called the Berkeley River, but soon, soon after the property was called the Berkeley River Lodge. Mm-hmm. And if you could imagine the most remote place in, it was a thousand kilometers from anywhere. Um, and you, you could go days without seeing another human. It was amazing. And, and there was these red walled in Scott, like you'll have to Google it after you get off the phone because it's, I find it very, very hard to, mm-hmm. to talk about it, but imagine the ocean meets the river and yes. there's these red wall gorges. If you've ever seen the Kimberley region of Western Australia, it's very prehistoric and yeah. it's mm-hmm. very beautiful. And, um, yeah. And I got, I was lucky enough during the time that I was out there to go out there five times and, on the first visit, I went out there. The owner, Martin Pearson Jones, he was a he was sitting up there on a hill, and I remember him saying to me, "And at that point, there were only camp kitchens and tents. They hadn't built any of the infrastructure yet." Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying to me, "In my first week, do you think you can market this?" And I thought to myself, "Market what?" But but I get what he was saying. It was yeah. the location. You know? I mean, there wasn't anything tangible there. So my default answer was absolutely. So yes. anyway, I got the job and, and I moved to Broome mm-hmm. and I worked on the river from logo to branding to uh, style guide. Um, and, you know, you talk about design experience. I, I kind of... I got to learn the whole thing because I needed all these different facets to deliver this product. So mm-hmm. the first thing was to design the logo. And I think back then, back in the day, and I think I even back in the day, I, I think I might've even used a design crowd to design the initial logo. <laughs> and then once I got the concept that I liked, I got an actual professional graphic designer to um, to expand on that, which was pretty funny. Um, and then there was the brochures and the letterheads and mm-hmm. the uniforms and all the, and the website and, all the assets. Um, yeah. and then I had some friends, 
Yeah, all the assets. But even the most fun was I actually got to bring up a couple of friends of mine, my old business partner and another really good friend wow. who was a videographer and a photographer. And they got to come from Melbourne because I, I sold them to be fantastic what they do, which they wow. are. And, and, uh, and we got a helicopter mm-hmm. and we, we, we shot, once the property was finished, we got to shoot the helicopter from the air and um, and go out to all the falls, like there's all waterfalls and 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 yeah, I I remember hanging out of a helicopter with you know a harness on, and having the the the, the camera gear sort of from yeah. the roof of the helicopter on a on a, <laughs> a mount, and we were taking photos and video from the helicopter it was was something surreal. Yes. That was a really really fun experience. I won't soon forget. Yeah, wow. and um, I'm getting there slowly, but then and then after that, I worked for four years, and I set. They kept setting KPIs, yes. and I kept hitting those KPIs, and mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. That's the biggest thing to say. So what I was actually doing was <laughs> I was going there at like my start time wasn't eight till like you know eight thirty mm-hmm. nine o'clock, but I was getting there at seven every morning, and then I was probably getting home at mm-hmm. um, 6 30 7 o'clock at night having dinner with my wife and then I was yeah. online studying and learning so I was making up the deficit with time mm-hmm. because when you don't have the skill set or the knowledge you have to invest a bigger chunk of time which looking mm-hmm. back now was probably pretty hard for my wife being that she didn't know anyone and she had no friends there and she just moved there and she actually didn't have a job for a while she had to actively find a job uh, working working working, and she yeah had too much time and I think that that was probably quite hard on her Um, but we we got through that and Mm -hmm. um, yeah I did that for four years up there in Broome Um, and then I actually ended up negotiating a remote working agreement to come back to Perth for a period of time yes Um, Mm -hmm. But before that, I'd, before that, I'd hired a marketing. They hired me a marketing assistant. This was four years after I started, and by that time, I I I believe I was I was you know thrown in the deep end and working such long hours for such a long period of time that I mm-hmm. I had a very very good understanding of marketing, both digital, offline, wholesale, everything. So um, that was a really intensive learning environment. And then they gave me a marketing assistant, so I knew that. If I trained up that marketing assistant, um, that would one day allow me to step away because I I, I didn't want to leave them with you know because I built a role around myself and I didn't want to leave them in the lurch. So that was kind of good. And the next thing I did was got that remote working um, agreement to come down to Perth, um, and I did that for a period of time. And I just kept, to be honest, I was very loyal and very honest. Mm-hmm. And I just kept getting request after request after request for consulting and to help other people with their marketing because they were seeing what I was doing with the accommodation properties and seeing what I was doing with the beer brand and this eco resort. And they were wanting yeah. me to help them. I think tourism was struggling at the time. I think tourism yeah. was, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was quite a tough market. And I think everyone wanted some support and guidance and and especially in the Kimberley region, there's not a lot of people who have mm-hmm. an understanding of the digital marketing yes. aspect. Yeah. So, um, yeah, eventually I just, um, 
I, I actually the I was I was too I was very scared to jump from that opportunity to going out on my own. And I think that's the biggest thing. And I think all of that whole story, you're probably most wondering how I got from working for someone else to working for myself. That's probably the most important. And I'll try to answer that. Basically, I had a friend of mine who I grew up with since I was five years old. And he came up to visit me in, in Broome while I was still there. And um, he, he, he basically said to me, I'm working for a car dealer and... Mm-hmm. The problem is there's four other salesmen and we're only getting a few leads a month. And yep. so those leads are, dis- are dished out to the different salesmen and are not getting enough to sell enough cars to make enough money. Um, and he said, and, and you know, there's nothing I can do to improve my situation. I'm literally waiting for people to come onto my car dealership <laughs> so yep. that I can dump on them and sell them a car. So I this was back in the day. Um, this was, oh, it was about 2000 and I think it was 2000, maybe 11. Yes. And, um, and I said to him, well, give me a look at the website because I'd been doing a bit of marketing and a bit of SEO, a bit of SEM, a bit of social, but mm. easy back then. Like it's got so yes. much more competitive. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I basically took this, looked at his website and could see all the gaps. And this was the, the actual manufacturers, um, not the manufacturer, the manufacturer sits here and then it was the dealership and he was the salesman. And I said, how about I set you up in WordPress and mm-hmm. we'll call it, the, the brand was a Mazda brand. And mm-hmm. I said, how about we create a website? Because I knew that there were 560 searches a month for Mazda dealers Perth. Yes. And I thought yes. if someone's looking for a dealer and they're typing Mazda dealer Perth, they're looking to buy a car. You don't type that yeah. unless you look for a car. Mm-hmm. So, what I did was I created a website called mazdadealerperth.com.au mm-hmm. and then on the website, I took every single make and model of every single car and I created a page for it. So I had a Mazda 3 page, a Mazda 6 page and then all the different makes and models had their own pages. So I created the biggest site, even bigger than the Mazda Australia site with heaps of content because I knew even back then the content was king yes. and I started... Um, and I basically didn't do any link building. So just with on-page optimization, I managed to build this website. And I, the, I remember it back in the day, the logo wasn't mm. even a brand. It just said Mazda Dealer Perth in this horrible, horrible blue font. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. But I had a theme and I just downloaded a theme and bolted that onto WordPress. And then I took mm. all the cars from the manufacturer's website and it didn't look half bad. It looked professional enough for someone to inquire about a car and to think we were actually a specialist. And our positioning on it was that we could get you the best price and that yes. we would shop around yes. with all dealerships and get you the cheapest price. Long story short, this guy went from being struggling to sell cars to being the number one dealer, the number one car salesman at that dealership wow. Wow. for a period of months. And yeah. all his all his competitors, the other guys, the other salesmen were looking at him and they were like, how is it that he's selling so many cars and we're selling none? They couldn't understand how it was happening. So um, anyway, one day, one of the guys, one of the salesmen stumbled across the website and they called the number on the website. And Mm -hmm. I remember him telling me, he said, Mm -hmm. they called the number on the website and my phone rang in the office next door and I picked it up. Long story wow. short, the, the sales, they dobbed him in 
and he got called in by the the dealer principal. And um, long story short, they said you have to sh- you you can't be doing this, and that you have to. I want you to bring your digital guy in. So he wow. got me in for a meeting, and I ended wow. up getting I ended up winning the contract to wow. do the actual whole deal. So I was just doing it for one salesman, mm-hmm. and I ended up winning the whole um, contract wow. for that dealership. Especially um, from so that was pretty to you, yeah, 10x, right? In in that yeah, but I had to, yeah yeah but I, exactly, but I had to go from mm-hmm. being um, employed to unemployed. Yes. So I, at the time, I couldn't really take the job, but I said if you give mm-hmm. me a bit of time, I'm transitioning. And so straight away, I knew that I'd have enough money to cover my expenses Mm -hmm. with this one client. Mm -hmm. So that's how I made the jump. I knew that I had enough money to survive and that I wouldn't start Mm -hmm. because I knew this client wanted me to do their marketing. And I I basically, I didn't even know how much to charge. I just, I think I tallied up all my expenses in a calculator (laughs) and I said, that's what I need to make. I said, that's what I'll charge you per month to do it. And they said, yeah, no worries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's really great. I, I think uh, uh, our listeners uh, learned a lot from this from that story. So I just want to touch. Uh, you know, the uh, you've been shifting into different, uh, so to speak, to different uh, uh, job position or or whatever. To until now, to owning your own digital uh, uh, of digital uh digital agency right so i just want to ask uh what's your thought process about uh you know uh, uh i think yours you're you're so uh uh outspoken about your uh, your work or about how how do you how do you do how do you do uh your transitions from from being uh from being employee to uh Business business owner. I think a lot of creatives, especially introverts, or uh, or especially to those uh, who would like to transition into being a business business owner, it's it's find uh, they find it very yeah. confusing, right? It's, it's uh, very scary. It's very, it's very, it's very scary. scary. <laughs> yeah. So your just correct me if I'm wrong. Your question mm-hmm. was, what advice can I give your listeners? Yeah. As the, best way to approach that transition yep yep okay cool yeah um well if if you i always say like take risks Mm -hmm. but you got to take educated risk you don't want to quit a job without something to go to and -hmm. you can't feed your family you know what i mean like you have to make sure that you always have a backstop um but then again, there's also times that call for burning your ship. Um, and I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but essentially there was a, I don't know the, I'll try and fr- keep it short, but there's a, there was a, um, a war story about a, a sergeant that, you know, that, uh, they sailed in with their boats mm-hmm. and they took the beach and he mm-hmm. turned around and he set his boats on fire because he wanted his, his, army to know that there was no way to go back and that they could have to win and they had to go forward. So the biggest thing is you want to take risks, but you want to make educated risks. Mm-hmm. But then when you want to know when you've made yeah. that crossroad decision yeah. and you've got to go all in and you've got to back yourself and you've got to be yeah. confident in the choices that you're making and you've got to be unapologetically 
um, aggressive in trying to get what you need to get, but you also don't want to forget the human element and to be kind to people along the way. Yeah, that's it. I think uh, a lot of people uh, need to realize that you need to uh, to calculate things or uh, take a calculated risk, so to speak. If, uh, if I'm not, uh, if I uh, for if I'm saying that right, so I think body. No, no, that's exactly yeah. right. Calculated risks. You got yes. to do mm-hmm. punch the numbers, think yeah. about the pros mm-hmm. and cons, and 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 act slowly. But then once you've gone past that pivot mm-hmm. point where you've gone too far. Yeah. Hit it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So I think uh uh I find it that I feel that you're uh you're very good ab- about marketing and ha- I think a lot of people uh, really find it hard, <laughs> right? So it, it's 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 kind of uh I think there's a little uh there's uh, you need to learn persuasion if if I'm persuasion something like that to you need to learn how to uh sell your your product or services can you share a little bit about your insights about that about that who are really struggling to market their, themselves or market their business i think um i was very lucky in the sense that when you start as a single man hustling you have to do everything so i was yeah. i was registering domains and then setting up a setting up a, a you know a, a server and then, you know, installing cPanel and adding WordPress and then mm-hmm. loading, you know, whatever I was doing. And, yes. and, you know, all this, I was doing all the creative server admin and like I'm, I was doing back then when I was one person, what I'm now employing, you know, my 15 core people and then, you know, all of my, you know, remote team as well. So, yes. um, you know, I guess in order to market, um, in order to market well, I think, I think the thing that I've, I've done best is that I've, I've understood, mm-hmm. I guess, the different businesses. I've taken the time to understand the businesses that I'm working with yeah. because it started organically yeah. and I only had one. So yeah. even mm-hmm. when I only had one, it was still like I was their marketing manager and I gave them all my time. Mm-hmm. And then when I bought on a second one, I split yes. my time 50-50 and had to get the same results. And then when yeah. I put another one on, it was three and four and five and six. And I think I got up to about 10 before the the, 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 cut, the wheels started to come off the tracks. And that's when I realized I needed to hire people. But I think you learn to do things more effectively. And I think the biggest tip that I can give, you know, just going back to your question about how to teach people to market better is by having to keep dividing my time into segments. Yep. Whereas, you know, I was doing one and now I'm doing 10. It forced me to look at the 80-20 rule, which is that, you know, what's the, what's the 20% I can do for each of these clients that's going to give me the 80% of the results? Or in the instance of looking after the 10 clients at once, it was what's the 10% I can do for each of them that's going to give them the best, the best bang for buck. Um, and also identifying in marketing, there's a lot of shit you do on a daily basis that is just useless, that does nothing, you know, that's just yeah. noise, you know. There's a lot of things you think you have to do like updating this social profile or that social profile, you know, a lot of fluff that really doesn't like, you know, I see people uploading things to their Facebook pages organically and they're not getting any interaction and you've got to do that compounding for a period of time and it's very unrewarding. And I'm not saying that that medium doesn't work. 
but it doesn't work for everyone. And I think you've got to know your market. And, you know, I, I believe that if you're a plumber or an electrician, you know, really do people care about following your Facebook page about plumbing related issues? You'd be better off to put things on there that people want to see, you know, funny plumbing jokes or something to differentiate yourself, some quirky videos. Yes. People, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got you to gotta know yeah. who your audience is and put the right content out to that audience and um and try to try to try to work out what your it depends on how much time you've got mm-hmm. if you've got shit loads of time you can do all, all of those different things but if you like me yeah. and you've got a short space of time you got to pick the most effective marketing tools that you can and to date for me that's been you know your sem your seo your paid social um your email marketing your sms marketing your call tracking those sort of things um, because everything my company stands for is all about uh, results and outcomes because yes. the clients I'm working for, they want to give me a dollar and they want me to generate $3 back. They come to my company like a finance person would go to a finance uh, advisor and say, um, I want you to get me a better return on my you know, investment. Um, they want me to give them a better return on their marketing investment. So I need to pick the right mediums to do that which is going to give them the best bang for buck. But I also need to know which clients um, I can't do that for because I don't take on clients that I can't generate great results for because you can make all the money in the world, but you only get one reputation. Yeah, so I I really agree with that. I think uh, a lot of uh, interesting things that Buddy said, uh, one of those is to, uh, you know, to uh, get out of the rabbit holes that, uh, I think a lot of business owner or maybe uh, aspiring marketers or aspiring creatives that are really uh, caught up with with this with these BS things <laughs> that in the that we're we're in now in the internet. You know, uh, a lot of it's uh, chewing their time with yes. giving. Yeah, 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 I agree. So, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, man. So, I think uh, a lot uh, a lot of people also know. Uh, what's your what's your daily uh, I know what's your daily routine because you're you're wearing a lot of hats you know you're you're a husband you're a father uh, with, with and you're also uh, a C, uh, an owner of full service creative uh, design you also market so what's your daily uh, what's your typical routine in a day? Oh, I'll give you the one that I'd like to stick to um, because. I think in life, the main thing is you need to realize that the that you know sometimes you get caught up and you're not living you know and doing what you should be doing. You know sometimes the work takes over. I'm actually just on a 12, um, 12 days of annual leave at the moment, so I'm I'm just going into a holiday period. So I'm in a different mindset than I would be if I was working. Um, but look, ideally, um, you know I try to get to bed reasonably early um ideally 9 30 10 o'clock i don't like to stay up too late i like to try and um sink in with the i think you know back in the old days you used to you know you'd go to bed when mm-hmm. when the stars had come out and you'd wake up when the sun comes out and mm-hmm. you know you and you, you know, i i think that there's a reason for that so i try to stick to the you know to the cycles as best i can um you know when i when i wake up in the morning Mm-hmm. Um, I like to try and have, um, you know, I sort of, I get, I like to hydrate, 
I like to drink lots of water, lemon, salt, get those minerals back in. Um, and then, uh, you know, I try to get some, get some daylight, you know, try to get some sun, get some, you know, so either take a walk at the back and, and just chill out for a bit, um, you know, maybe do some meditation if I can. Um, but as I said lately, I haven't been sticking to those routines as, as closely as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to try and um, I've been playing with something at the moment um, that I'm really enjoying, which is um, uh, ice, you know, ice cold showers. So like I've been wow. playing with like priming, um, you know, Anthony Robbins talked about that a lot, mm-hmm. which is basically, um, you know, hitting that shower um, ice cold and getting in it and, 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 you know, most people stand out of the shower and wait for it to get warm. Yeah. I like to chill it out really cold and get it. I just feel like it wakes me up better than coffee. Um, and, uh, and I try to limit caffeine, um, early in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, usually by that time I've, I've done my walk, um, and I've had my shower and it's usually about seven, seven thirty. And then, um, my daughter's waking up. I've got an 18 month old daughter called Isla. Um, and I've got a newborn who's only about four weeks old at the moment, Finn. Congratulations. So, you know, when I talk about, thank you very much, mm-hmm. appreciate that. But you know, when I talk about um, patterns being off and trying yeah. to stick to routine, mm-hmm. it's very hard to stick to routine when you've got a um, yes. four-week-old child mm-hmm. It needs to be fed. So um, that's where it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes life throws yeah. things mm-hmm. that you have to go with 100%. it and you and, and realize Yes. You can't always stick to those routines mm-hmm. as much as you'd like to. Um, make her some breakfast um, and um, spend some time with my wife, and um, then I'll leave home about eight o'clock. Um, sometimes seven thirty, depending on. So seven thirty, eight o'clock. If if I can, I'll try to get there early. Um, and then it takes me about thirty five minutes to get to work. Mm-hmm. So I head up the head up the freeway. Get to work about yeah. probably. I try to get to work at least a half an hour before everyone else does mm-hmm. because I really like that thirty minutes in the office by myself because I walk around and look at you know what we've yeah. created and it, mm. it's really it's motivating to be the yes. you know, to, to try and be one of the first there. I'm not always the first there. If Mark's watching this, Mark beating <laughs> me, so I'm a bit frustrated that so maybe you've got to sleep in a bit more. But I've got a young account manager, Mark, who's who's actually my cousin and he works mm-hmm. for me. And yeah. he's a really good, he's actually a really good marketer. I think he's going to be a better marketer than I ever will one day. And he, um, he beats me to work. So he's probably got the same routines as me. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And then I get there at eight and, uh, and then I work and, uh, yeah. I mean, do you want to, do you want to know what I do at work or? No, no, it's okay. So do, do you sleep uh, at nine? Because uh, I, I think uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, disregard sleep <laughs> as, uh, as being a marketer, as a digital or creatives in, in, in any profession, I think. Uh, for me, uh, I'm trying to prioritize, like what you said, I'm trying to prioritize all the, all the things that I need to do on a day, on a daily basis or in a month. So, uh, I, I, but I always try to sleep I think, or stop all the work at 9 p.m. and then we go to bed with my wife. And then uh, it's, I think it's a little bit uh, more uh, pleasing or I think it, it's, it's generate more create, uh, creative ideas or, or for me, that's, yeah. that's one of the, 
uh, sleep is really important. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You've got to use. Mm-hmm. You can use like you can use your brain mm-hmm. less effectively over a longer period of time, or yeah. you can use it more effectively in bursts. And I try to 100%. do that. I try to. I try to get more done in less time, mm-hmm. um, and and try to stick to that. And I always think as well that um, people are always looking for short wins in life. They're always looking to mm-hmm. wake up and have that multi-million dollar business. Yes. It's not going to happen um, if you're approaching it that way. Um, the reality is, is you just got to look for the small wins. And the bit, the biggest thing I would say, if you were to ask me what the one secret was to mm-hmm. where I am today, I would say it's consistency is key. Yes. And I think if you're consistently a little better each day or a consistent, you know, working consistently in this, you know, in a, in a positive way each day, and even if you're 1% better and you took out all the holidays and, and stuff, there's 250, let's just say there's 250 working days in a year. That means that even 1% better each day, you're going to be 250% better in a year's time. And I try to you know, follow that philosophy wow. that mm-hmm. uh, it's the compounding interest that I'm in, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, they say put yeah. money in savings and superannuation so that it's there for you when you retire I take the same approach to my business and to my health and other areas. You know, it's all about long term, um, no short wins. So yeah, it's all about the long game, right? So I, I always also advocating that uh, I think uh, a lot of people need to realize that it's always uh, you you need to put thousands of hours of work to to build what you want to build right so i think body all say that and it's really interesting to know more how how uh, how your routine works and how you uh, house your process and then okay, do you have any productivity uh, you know tools that you can recommend for our listeners um yes let's mm-hmm. have a look so i guess i live and die by um i live and wow. die by my google I think yeah. that mm-hmm. you need to value your time. Yes. So if you don't value your time, no one else will. So I think that you need to try and make sure that work is slotted into work time mm-hmm. and personal time is personal time. And no matter um, how big your business gets or how small it is, maybe when it's smaller, you, you think you need to allow your clients to encroach on your personal time. I don't yeah. think that that's the case. I think if you're quite within your rights to say, hey, I'm with my family now. This is my family yeah. time and, and I'll reach out to you at nine in the morning. And it's yeah. very rare that something's so mission critical that it can't wait until the next morning. So where I can, I I guess that the hacks are to protect yes. the different mm-hmm. times and, um, and also make sure that you're balanced. You know, like uh, Zig Ziglar, yeah. He has this wheel of life that he follows, which has all the different key areas. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, for sure. Maybe you can include it. Yeah. Basically, pull- that wheel has it has financial, it yeah. has career, it has it has family, it has social, mm-hmm. and you got to make sure that you give enough time and focus to each because you don't want to be the the fat man in the red Lamborghini with nothing. Mm-hmm but money, you know what I mean? You want to be yeah. a well-rounded 100%. human at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, uh, I will put 
all the links on our show notes. So for the, for our listeners, uh, you were uh, you will find all the links on our show notes. And I've also I've also got some I've got some productivity hacks. Yes, but I just sure. I can't record right now. But um, one of the girls in the office, yeah. a new account manager, she just did some Q and A with me, and yes. she asked me for a list of my top ten little, I guess, hacks. They're like yes. they're yes. like Chrome extensions and cool things like that. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll send those extra tidbits across to you so that we can give your users a little bit of extra value there. There's some really cool tools in there from a marketing yeah. point of view. For sure. So I uh, I will uh, pull, put all the links on our show notes for for all of that for all the things that we've mentioned. So thank you so much, buddy, for all those great insights and for all the values that you've shared in this podcast. No and I really appreciate it. Uh, I've, uh, just to wrap up this show, so what's your best practical advice for your younger self? If you're living right now, with your, uh, if you're 20 years old, what's your practical advice for your younger self? Do you know what, Jay? If I was to give myself the advice now to my twenty-year-old self, yes, yeah, I would go. I would go on a different trajectory, and I'd miss mm. all that fun. You know, I didn't make a lot of money when I was doing the nightclubs and when I was yeah. partying and going out. And but I, I, I tell you what, I had one of the best social lives back when I was in my twenties. I had mm. more friends than I knew what to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, life's different now, you know, you move through ebbs and flows and I've got a family and they're my priority and my, you know, your, your wife becomes your best friend and you spend a lot more time with her and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think that, um, I would want to change anything. I think the best yeah. advice mm-hmm. I would give myself is to, um, is to be kinder to myself. I think that's the biggest thing is that um, I've always been quite hard on myself. And and as I'm getting into my 30s and now I'm in that, I'm starting to enter into that 35 to 40 space (laughs) and they say 40 is the halfway point. So I just would be kinder to myself. I've been quite hard on myself along the years and maybe that's attributed to my successes. But I think that you've got to enjoy the ride as well. And that's what I'm really trying to do now. I'm trying to... Um, to breathe more and um, and not stressed out as much yes. and and I guess realize that nothing is as we said before nothing's mission critical yeah. and um, and as long as your family's healthy and happy and um, and you know your staff are well looked after you know like, I just try to do the right thing by people mm-hmm. and be happy and um, don't sweat the small stuff I guess is the best way to say yeah. it I, I would tell myself to mm-hmm. just you know, like Steve Steve Jobs once said, he said, "You can't connect the dots yes. looking connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards." Yeah. And that's the fun of it. You know, if you knew what was going to unfold, it wouldn't mm-hmm. it wouldn't have spontaneity to it, and it wouldn't um it wouldn't excite be exciting. It would. So I guess yeah, just take it easy, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even even you if can, you know you. you yeah. just, Goals and you've got these people that you want to measure up to. I guess I would say that sometimes the most successful people, and I've been very lucky to meet some pretty successful people. Core yeah. requirements, I believe, you know, like their their family lives suck, or their um, you know, they put too much into their career, you mm-hmm. know. So I guess just yeah, just the grass isn't always greener. 
and yes. take some time to enjoy, enjoy where you're at right now. I think that's the biggest thing. Wow, that's really cool. So thank you so much for uh, for that, uh, mate. So I, I no think worries, uh, a lot of uh, listeners right now uh, have their, uh, you know, blown their mind with that, with that advice. I think uh, be more kinder is I really agree with that to be more kinder with yourself. So sometimes we we caught off with this so many work that we need to do. But I think uh, balance is the key. Like like what body says right so said before so uh, you need to balance it out and uh, make it more meaningful more meaningful uh, uh, live a meaningful or creative life right so i think that's legacy. one of the key yeah legacy. yeah legacy yeah so thank you so much again uh, buddy i hope you enjoy this podcast session so for those who would like to know more about your business know more about you if they have any questions about marketing or creative stuff so what's your best link the best link would be the link to my website which is dilate which is d-i-l-a-t-e.com.au yeah they can just follow the prompts and submit a support ticket and attention it to me i'm still very active in the business and i'll try and get back to them and answer any questions that they might have i'd be happy to do that That's it. So thank you so much uh, again, buddy. So for those who are listening and you will, uh, I will put all the links on our show notes. So if you're listening to your Apple podcast or Google podcast app, you can scroll down and you will surely find all the links and all the insights or advice that uh, our, our guests for this week gave us. And that's really an interesting and super fascinating story. And I really love it. So thank you so much, mate. And I really enjoy this session and yeah uh, thank you so much thank you so much for having me Jay and, and thanks everyone for listening and um, I hope that you get more of these podcasts uh, in the future I look forward to listening in myself and that's it thank you so much for listening to the design live show I hope you guys enjoy this episode if you want to support the show you can do so on patreon Head over to patreon.com slash tdls or go to thedesignlifeshow.com and you can find the donate button on the top to learn more on how you can support the show. And for some cool extra stuff, you can get an access to my private contents like AMAs where I take questions exclusively from Patreon subscribers or check out other stuff I made where I talk about essentialism, design, creativity, and business. I give a lot of value into this podcast that can't be seen anywhere else online. Again, that's patreon.com slash tdls. Thanks for listening to the show and talk to you guys again next week.